It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It is an Articles of News episode. Oh, do we still do those? Yes. I Listen, everyone, listen. I've been sick. I'm not sure I had the COVID, uh, but I had this something that leveled me out. I, I run pretty hard. Leveled me out for two straight days and until yesterday hadn't been able to talk. But, oh, did I still have to work literally every day for the last little while? Yes, I did. So I had to save up the energy for those things. Sorry, everyone. And joining me is Megan the Mitch Mitchell. Hey there, Richie. How are you? I'm good. You know, you don't look as tough when you have the eyeshadow on. I want you to know that. Thank you. I, yeah. I'm glad to know that I do put out an uh, a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Soften? A characteristic of toughness. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And that I can soften it a little bit. Yes. Yes, of course. You didn't have to get done up for me, though I appreciate it. And the Patreon saints who have gone to patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall so they can see the video are also on YouTube. Yeah. I'm assuming it's for church, not for me. It was for church. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a church situation. And it was funny because I was wearing all gray, like uh -huh. a gray sweater and a gray skirt, black tights, black shoes. And then I have this like blue eye shadow. It's fun for me to kind of throw people off with that a little bit. Yeah, it's Halloween. You can do whatever yeah. you want. Pretty much. There Pretty was much. a lady in my ward who wore an orange hat today. And I have to tell you, I appreciate everything about a lady who can wear a hat to our church. Oh, I've done that sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. I never know what the the customs are. Like, do I take it off to pray? I don't know. Yes. You know, so I. And also, no, it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, may, like maybe it's respectful, right? Like, you know, normally people yeah. remove hats. Like when you pray at the BYU game, right? Most people re take down their hats. Right. But here's, here's how I start to address some of those things the older I get. Do you think that God's like, hey, yeah, I was really looking forward to answering that prayer. But I mean, you didn't take your hat off, right? I just <laughs> hard pass. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. And and sometimes I feel like that's sort of the like stigma or power that we give these respect to things. Right. Like, listen, I know you wanted to renew your baptismal covenants, but that was the left hand that you took that with, and uh, no dice. Yeah, yeah. Not so. going to work this week. Well, yeah. and there was a time when everybody wore hats. I mean, sure. you know, I think about like the pioneer sisters when they were going to church sure. on Sundays and those weren't hats that they could just easily take off. You know, they're like done up in their hair with like sure. hat pins and stuff. Yes. Like they weren't like, okay, hold on brethren, give me five minutes so I can undo all of the everything right. and then put it all back together. And there's some religions where you only pray if your head is covered. So sure. perspective. Yes. Exactly. Uh, uh, just a couple things, because I want to make sure we get a full heaping of news. We haven't done news for a while. There's lots of news. I would like to address two things. One is an email. Two is your primary program. Uh, I think I would like to start with the email and then we'll address the primary program, because I thought okay. something that you did was pretty cool. Uh, okay. The email reads as follows. This is from Travis. He says, the number of times that you've recently used the term white privilege leads me to believe that you may be working on a woke merit-based badge. Bonus points for making your co-host feel bad about the hard work and effort to be able to get her family on a cruise and experience. Bonus points for that, question mark, Travis says. Feeling snarky today and hoping to and hoping this attempt at the badge is over, Travis. So, wow. um, so, so, yeah. So here's the thing. I've thought, I've thought about this actually quite a bit. Uh, and first of all, I would say it's not necessarily white privilege. It's just privilege to be able sure. to go on vacation. Right. 
Yes. Not everyone can, not everyone has jobs and education and all the things, but it is in fact, in this day and age, economically, et cetera, a privilege. It's not a shame privilege. It's not a bad privilege, but it is to be able to have extra money to do a thing, a privilege to be able to do that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, that was all. Yes, yeah. I, yeah. I agree. And, uh, and I think that uh, sometimes recognizing that that is a privilege is a great way to be able to, re- to I don't know, stay a little humble about it, saying, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what? I recognize, I, I would imagine in your marriage and with your family of 117 kids that you guys so haven't many. always <laughs> been able to go on vacation and that now you're in a time and in careers and in life and all the things that you're able to enjoy some of those things and earlier you were not able to that is exactly right that right. is exactly right right yeah and it is a privilege that you're able to do so yes. a hard worked a earned privilege but a privilege that you're able to do so it's not a white privilege that was a misspeak by me right I don't know that you actually said it was a white privilege. Yeah. But I think I, you I, just said you're coming from a place of privilege. Yeah. And it was true. Sure. I mean, I, I and I do recognize that, like, for me, it is, like you said, it, it's a privilege for me to be able to take a vacation occasionally. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think that I uh, lovingly and or teasingly was giving you a hard time about that. Yeah. But, you know, we got I got another message from someone that said, hey, you know what, uh, when Megan's on, every time she's on, she's talking about some great place that she's been able to go. And so I've thought about that sort of this side of the equation as well. Mm-hmm. And and it's interesting for me. This is something I certainly struggle with is the idea of a, this. That must be nice sure. sort of mentality, right? Yeah. Like must be nice that that person gets to go and do that. But I'm in this situation. And it's funny to me because it literally is just the perspective of that must be nice changing to, wow, that must be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Same words, different, different, feeling. different tone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. And, and so um, to that and around that, you know, I, I don't think it was ever your intention to, you know, come in and be like, and all of these wonderful places. And I certainly teased you and razzed you about that. <laughs> but, but, you know, you guys work hard. I imagine that in your life, there have been some really horrible seasons. And by horrible, I mean difficult or horrible, literally horrible. Literally horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And and no one at that point was saying, must be nice to be able to go into that. So I would like to try and uh, and be able to, and this is something I've tried to do consciously, Mm -hmm. to be able to go, yeah, that must be nice. That's great. I bet yeah. that was awesome. And when I'd get to do something awesome, I bet that will be nice for me. So, yeah. so, so I that th- is about that. Yeah. And I think it's important just for everybody to remember that what you hear on a podcast or what you hear in a social media post, it's a small snippet of whatever is going on in somebody's mm-hmm. life. And, um, you know, like I went to a funeral yesterday, which is a stark contrast to any trips that nice. I've been on. I, Must right. be nice you got to go to a funeral. See, <laughs> right. it's, it's so weird when we do it, that. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it's just important for everybody to remember that we don't know the whole story. We don't know the full picture of whatever is going on in any anybody's life. 
whether it's me and taking a trip or somebody who's like, yeah, I'm bothered that Megan was talking about a trip. I don't know. Maybe that person had was having a bad day and that just rubbed them the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And it also doesn't mean that they're necessarily wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can definitely take ownership and be like, well, maybe I should communicate things a little bit differently and that's okay. You know, it's just, yeah. And to the other thing, though, I want to get to this. I want to take a break and I want to do a, a full s- slew of news. Yes. Your skirt was super cool for your primary program. And I wanted you to share that idea because I just thought that was cool. I would love to. I would love to. So I, uh, um, I last week I was released as the primary music leader. So I've been in that calling for about two and a half years. And this year, the kids were um, filling a jar with pom-poms for singing well, for being reverent, for, you know, playing the games that we did or whatever. And every few months they would get a reward whenever they filled the jar. And one of the rewards that we did was once they filled the jar with pom-poms, I would bring in a white skirt and a bunch of colored Sharpies and all of the kids could sign it. And then I would then wear that skirt the day of the primary program. And it was freaking adorable. Mm -hmm. I had this skirt that has like handprints on it and rainbows and dinosaurs and flowers. And, you know, everybody wrote their names and, you know, the best they could. I mean, we had sunbeams who have barely just learned how to write their name, you know, all Mm -hmm. the way up to 10 year olds, you know, and so, so, so fun. And like after church, they all kind of like cornered me in the hallway so they could find their names on my skirt. And um, yeah, it was just, it was really, really cute, really fun for them. For me, and knowing that I was going to be released the next week, mm-hmm. I already knew that that was happening. It was just a fun little send off for me with the kids, you know, and I styled it with a red petticoat underneath and I have blue hair. So I was a very colorful music leader that day. And the kids really, really thought it was really fun. So yeah. I loved being able to do that for them. Cool out of the box idea, especially when you think like kids being able to write on clothing. What are you kidding? Uh, And and a cool memento now that you're not in that calling anymore to look back and go, oh, yeah, Bobby and little Susie. I don't know why I thought it was Bobby and Susie. That's all right. And it it was neat. We had a like a fifth Sunday lesson where all of the primary teachers were pulled into the fifth Sunday lesson. So we kind of had to fill time in primary. So that was the day that we did all of the signing. We just took Mm -hmm. them in by class into another room and somebody was monitoring them in there. I had one rule and that was that they couldn't write or draw anything inappropriate um, <laughs> because kids learn words and they don't fully understand sure. why they might be a little bit naughty. So I said, don't write or draw anything inappropriate beyond that carte blanche. I got like a pack of Sharpies on Amazon that had like 25 different colors. So they had all of the colors of the rainbow and it was, it was so sweet. Super cool. And like you said, a cool momento for me. Uh, Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll do actual articles of news. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need 
creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. BestDJinUtah.com. You're right. It's a new ad. What? Well, it's been an entire season since I've recorded a BestDJinUtah.com ad. And well, the wedding season coming to an end at this point, but not really because what happens now is everyone who's going to get married in 2024 reaches out and says, Richie, is it possible? Do you still have this date? And I tell them, yes, hopefully. And then we get you booked. We'd love to be able to work with you. Uh, travel all along the Intermountain West. Some people call it the Jello Belt. Uh, you can go to bestdjinutah.com to request a quote. You can find us on any of the social medias at bestdjinutah. And uh, we can answer any questions. Affordable? Yes. Over 400 five-star reviews? Yes. Highest rated in the state of Utah? Uh-huh. Go on. It's best djinutah.com and I'll give you a little hint it also helps me to be able to do this like financially support the cultural hall through that and you get something in return Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. Our lifetime service guarantee has become the most trusted warranty in the industry. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop computer and they start at only $29 a month. Check us out at PCLaptops.com. Here in the second half of Articles of News, we do actual Articles of News. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose Articles of News. And away we go. Uh, tons of stuff uh, just happening in news. Because news, even if we don't do it, it still continues on. That's the problem happens. with news. It still happens, even yeah. if we're not reporting it. Um, articles of news is what we do uh, usually every other episode. Um, when we do an interview in those other episodes, we'd like to talk about the latest and not necessarily the greatest um, that has happened within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or adjacent to a couple quick stories. Um, one, the October 2023 General Conference Leadership Meeting uh, now available as resource for members. So there's that leadership meeting that occurs with General Conference. Those are now available and you can use them for inspired instruction as you move towards the future. Find a link for that in the show notes. Uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints helped to um, open a restored schoolhouse in Louisiana, Donaldsonville, Louisiana, to be precise. It is the River Road African American Museum. It is... Um, just recently reopened, the 21st of October, 2023. The church's contribution to the restoration um, was a donation of over $73,000, played a pivotal role in outfitting the schoolhouse with essential amenities, including chairs, tables, smart boards, computers, desks, window treatments, and other necessary furniture. The church's donation combined with support from corporate organizations played a crucial part in restoring this educate this historic educational facilities. So uh, you can read a little bit more about that um, church doing amazing things in the area of Louisiana as well. I believe that's in the Baton Rouge mission. Uh, and then finally, this I thought was sort of an interesting thing before we get into a story so horrible that you'll be like, what, why, how, how what, what? Um, Bananas. This in Orem, there's a senior at the Brigham Young University doing some uh, research, found out about a woman uh, that lived on a particular block down in Orem, 1600 North and State Street. Uh, she fell in love with this Scandinavian saint uh, and found that, oh, guess what? There are some uh, some individuals that have been uh, buried on this particular site. It's been an empty lot for a while. Uh, she said, 
Um, you can't imagine this place until you see it. I thought it was peculiar coming from uh, the fjords of Sweden. This is the the woman who came here uh, mm -hmm. into Orem. So then seeing the desert of Utah and thinking that was beautiful, right? So she just really had this compelling language and charm. They found that there have been um, individuals that were buried in this particular place. Now that they're trying to make a quick quack car wash. Uh, and so they're looking to make a uh, memorial park uh, in this particular area to celebrate the infant pioneer graves. So you can help be a part of that organization. You can help donate to that particular fund. If you are interested, find a link for that in the show notes. Awesome. Now here All we right. go. I asked you to take the lead on this in this yeah. seemingly weird, horrible <sighs> kind of story. So take us wherever yeah. you want. Where where to start? Okay, so the Thibodeau family out of Gilbert, Arizona, parents to a few children. The mother has been fascinated. Her name is Spring. She is fascinated with the second coming of Jesus Christ. As, and, a, as a lot of mem uh, members of the church are, right? To varying yeah, degrees, I to think. To varying degrees and for varying purposes. You know, and her brother is who is in Boise, Idaho, is also equally fascinated with the second coming of Jesus Christ. And it, it snowballed their fascination snowballed into basically like the extreme prepping. Mm -hmm. You know, the, uh, she lives in Arizona and she would stock up on winter gear, winter survival gear. You know, like that's not what you need in Gilbert. That's for dang sure. Mm -hmm. Um this then bled into, bled into, and that's a weird word to say, um, it influenced her daughter, Abby, who's 23, to also become equally fascinated with the second coming and spend a lot of time and money acquiring all that is needed for survival. Abby is recently married and her husband felt like it was a little bit off kilter that she was spending so much time and money focusing on these things. And she would say things to her husband, like, Hey, if I told you we needed to get up and go, would you come with me? Mm -hmm. And he's like, yes, of course, honey. Yes. I love, you. I love you because you I are love you. the love of my life. I'm exactly. not, under, I don't understand the circumstances, but yes, if we were at yes. war, if there was something we'll that'd be unsafe. Yes. I would, I would leave you bet. Exactly. Exactly. So spring the mother and her brother, Brooke, up in Boise, they would spend hours talking on the phone about all of these different revelations and all of this scripture, everything. And um, it ended up causing a rift in Spring's marriage to her husband, Ben. And they like went to the bishop and the bishop was like, look, sister, you've got to tone it down. If it's causing an issue in your marriage, let's pull it back a little bit. And mm -hmm. she did for a little bit. And then it got amped up a whole bunch again. And um Long, very long story short, Spring and her daughter, Abby, uh, took Blaze, Spring's son and Abby's brother, okay, mm -hmm. got on an airplane, flew to Boise, and met up with Brooke Hale, Spring's brother. Meanwhile, Abby's husband was at work, and she, uh, Abby calls him up and says, I need you to come home and take me to the hospital. So, of course, he rushes home, goes to help her, finds out there actually is no medical emergency. She was running around frantically packing, getting everything ready, and says, we're going to the airport to go to Boise. And her husband, Braden, is like, uh, what? What's yeah. happening? And she's like, no, we have to go now. We have to go. And he's like, no, this doesn't make any sense. We're not leaving. There's, there's no reason to. 
Um, at which point the uncle, Brooke Hale, gets on the phone with him, reading him scripture, trying to convince him that it's time to go. He's got to go with them to the airport. And he says, no, I'm not going. He calls his father-in-law and says, yeah, the worst, the thing that we've been worried about, it's happening. They're, they're, they're leaving. Mm -hmm. So spring, her daughter, Abby, her son, Blaze, who's 16, they're on an airplane heading up to Boise. They meet up with Brooke Hale, the uncle, and then they're radio silent, like phones off straight to voicemail, everything. The dad, Ben can't get a hold of his you know, his children or his wife, everything. Uh, nobody knew where they were. Nobody knew what they, was going on other than they had security footage of them getting into a white SUV at the airport in Boise. They also found record of their passports being used to cross over into Canada. And then it was basically a manhunt because they, they kidnapped the 16 year old, mm -hmm. um, who he wanted necessarily no, doesn't no he doesn't want a part of this. he's just like i'm going with you mom i like uh, right exactly know, okay and they there was there was theorizing that she told him we're taking you on a vacation for your birthday that mm. that's how she got him out of school to go mm. willingly um but they basically believe that he is chosen by god in the second coming of christ whatever that means to usher it in i guess um and so the thing that really spurred the the legal action and everything is that this kid blaze he's a minor he's 16 years old mm -hmm. he was he was kidnapped and yeah. uh, uh and, and across state lines is a big deal and, and exactly across, and now country you know, lines. country lines is a big Ex bigger deal yep exactly exactly um but he has been found now so it's a very very good beginning of an ending because I'm sure there's more gonna that's gonna happen but um they were found trying to enter into Alaska through Canada and um, it says after the four family members hadn't been heard from since Monday Blaze Thibodeau who was legally required to return to his dad in Arizona was found safe in Alaska by border patrol agents at the Alcon port of entry according to the Gilbert Police Department so um he's been found uh, but it says in this particular article, Spring Thibodeau became interested in the second coming of Christ in 2015 until into a point of obsession. She engaged in energy healing sessions, which caused him to become concerned. Her husband became concerned about that. Um, he basically told the bishop advised them, like I said, to stop getting in with all of this if they wanted their marriage to survive. Um I mean, I'm not going to be the first person to say that so much of this really reeks of Chad and Lori Daybell type, mm -hmm. you know, fa fascinations and manipulation. Again, it's Idaho mm -hmm. manipulation. Yep. I mean, there's so many parallels and I'm glad that this one has a happier ending, obviously, than that other story, or at least a portion of it is a happier ending. And poor Nate Eaton, dang the reason that I saw this story from an article that he wrote, um, who was doing all of the reporting um, for East Idaho News on Chad and Lori Daybell. So he's just in it, you know, he yeah. must be the the one that they go to. Um, but yeah, I, I guess also um, Brooke Hale, the uncle, he left a last will and testament for his own children and he withdrew $50,000 in cash to divide among his kids. Um his last will said, if you are reading this right now, it means that I am gone. I don't know where I am going. I was not told. You will not see me for some time. How long? I do not know, but I will see you again. So just a very, very interesting story. This particular uh, one ends with um, the husband saying, 
none of them are bad people. Even he even went so far as to say that they're all wonderful people, but he is worried that dark topics have really corrupted them in a really horrible way, but they are genuinely just loving, kind people. Sure. So no, no yeah. sort of shade on, on the individuals. I mean, as far as we know, it's, you know, people getting sort of swept up in this, uh, yes. a, a shout out to Nate Eaton and you can find it in the notes in the, for this episode, uh, Nate interviews Braden, Abby's husband and he tells first person like she came in he said we got a half an hour uh you know she texts him to say listen uh you know i'm going for a couple years and mm -hmm. you know if you're still I, there i hope we can make it work yeah I'll, i hope you'll be around he ends up uh buying a ticket for his dad to come down mm -hmm. and to spend some time with him because he's just like what in the what, what do i do yeah what do i do yeah and, and the thing is maybe you have a picture in your mind of what these people uh, would look like it's not right <laughs> it, and and it's it, it's inaccurate it, yeah. the picture of especially Braden and Abby they yes. are every Utah County married couple ever yes exactly you would not be able to be like oh yeah clearly those are the people that kind of went off the rails to, yeah yeah and same with Blaze. Blaze looks like a thing. The other thing that I think is important to clarify on this is they as I understand it they have only found Blaze the other three oh, yeah. are are still out and about doing yeah. doing the thing. They kind of said, "Listen, okay, yeah, he's sixteen against the law, he can't make his own choices. Here, yeah. go to this yeah. checkpoint, and we're going to continue to do this." And there are times and times again, Chad and Lori Daybell, huge thing around the turn of the millennium down in mm -hmm. Manti, you know, all sorts of different issues, especially within our church, of people just being like, "Yeah," I, I, and he's speaking to me. Yeah, I know. We, I don't know exactly what it means, but we got to go. We got to go. And, and and people prey on that, and people, you know, manipulate that. And I just the thing that I that I consider uh, about it is, and maybe this is wrong, but the thing that I consider about it is like, all right, so so let's just throw this out on the table. There's a God, right? I think yeah. we can probably yeah. all collectively yeah. come to that table. Had a uh -huh. son. Jesus yep. Christ. Okay. Jesus promised he would come back. Okay. Now, not everyone's with me still, but we're, we're going to go. We got a majority. And, and yeah. assume that the majority of people listen to this. All right. And I know that we say, and we read, and we, you know, discuss that Christ will come again. And that, you know, the popular phrase is the thief in the night, right? Coming, you know. Unexpectedly. Come, yeah. Unexpectedly that we won't know. So here's yeah. the deal with that. I don't imagine, and again, could be wrong, of the 7 billion people in the world that there is going to be a revelatory moment to 12 people, to 4 yeah. people, to 6 people. Hey, I know that there's 6,999,999,994 other people. It's but just us. the 6. Yeah. So, so buy your guns and get to Alaska. Right. I, I definitely agree. Right. But, yeah. but the interweavings, just like Chad and Lori, mm -hmm. so many other stories, it's not just, you know, we got to go. It's going to be, you know, it's, right. you know, not ever. There's the elect. Mm -hmm. There's uh, this came to me in a way that I feel and blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. And, and so it, it, it to me is one of the grossest things 
I agree. When, when people take doctrine of the yeah. church that we believe in. Yeah. And and I don't know, you know, I don't know if um if the uh if the gentleman is has like nefarious you know, things that he's planning to do with two women that he has got to, you know, sneak away. Right, right. I mean, you hope not, but that's a lot of time how these stories will go. Right. I don't know if it's a doomsday kind of, you know, we all need to take our lives. I hope that's not. I hope not. not that either. Yeah. But to be able to leave behind your new marriage, your spouse. Your spouse and other children. Yeah. And all these other children, like the, the... uh, the stranglehold on these individuals, it it it's gross. Yes, so gross. Absolutely, and and it really gets into um, lots of there's lots of different implications. I mean, philosophies of men mingled with scripture. Sure, you know, and I don't know about you, Richie. I mean, I went through a period when I was in high school where. Yeah, I was I was fascinated by the signs of the times and I would take the class at EFY that was about oh, this is the signs of the second coming that you need to know. And, sure. you know, and I'm very, very glad that I had people in my life who were like, yes, please be aware of them. Also, don't focus on them sure. because you have no idea when things are happening and and like things time for Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ is very different from us. You know, Mm -hmm. things could be happening for a very long time, you know, and all of these different things to kind of give the whole idea, um, keep it in reality. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and the other thing that I think is really interesting now, I fully believe that it's important to have food storage, that it's important to be prepared for any sort of emergency that could come up. I don't believe it's a good idea to waste your life savings on it. And I don't think it's a good idea to go into debt to acquire said items, Mm -hmm. but I think it's important to have, to be aware of that. The other thing that I know is that in the second coming, having the right amount of water isn't going to determine my fate right when it comes to your eternal fate yeah it's not going to determine my eternal fate it's not going to make any sort of difference because when it comes down to it the lamp in the virgin or the the oil in the virgin's lamp had nothing to do with oil Mm. it's about their like it doesn't have anything to do with food storage it's about our spiritual preparation and that's what we need to focus on and then the other thing i keep going back to is that it doesn't do me a whole lot of good to worry about the second coming because I'm just trying to get to tomorrow. And that might be more important because if I don't have tomorrow in line, the second coming isn't much going to matter. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it, there, it doesn't do me a lot of good to worry about something that is very unknown when I have known things that I need to be concerned with. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, more to come, and I'm gonna. I've already sent a message to Nate to see if he'll come on as things develop to be able to give us kind of a recap, like he did with Chad and Lori. And you know, in six months' time, there will be more Chad stuff because he's headed back to court, at least as the recording of this, uh, back on the first of April, where he has insisted that cameras be in the room. Uh, quick through some stories. The 2024 youth theme for the church is "I am a disciple of Jesus Christ." So you can find that. They announced that this last week. There will be a youth broadcast on the 28th of January where they will discuss said theme. You can find uh, materials begin to roll out about that. Uh, I like that that's very to the point. Yes. I love that. So Christ-focused and centered, I 
I absolutely love it. And, um, it. and it plays off of last year's or this year's, which is I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And yeah. now I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I love it. Love yeah. It, love it. Love it. Yeah. And it's because I remember some, I, and maybe it was, I'm just remembering like seminary themes, but I remember some kind of obscure themes growing up a little bit. So I'm glad we kind of went, let's bring it back. Yeah. Let's go right back to Christ. Okay. Um, other interesting stories. I don't have too much about this, um, but the church is developing a rental community in Queen Creek, Arizona. So they've got a bunch of land and they're essentially going to be developing it and making it available for people to rent. So it's a, this is a, on the corporation side of the church, according to the article, and I would believe this, uh, the church is one of the largest private landowners in the state of Arizona. Uh, I find that to be true about lots of states, lots of states. Uh, that the church finds that. They're, they're certainly getting some criticism about that because where are they getting the money and how much? And of course, why can't we, you know, house the homeless and some of that stuff? But uh, the rest of that story was behind a paywall. So there's that. Okay. Um, if you've seen any of the videos uh, from Acapulco, and Hurricane Otis, just insane devastation. Um, the church uh, shared a statement uh, from everyone's favorite um, president of the Mexico area of the church, Elder Hugo Montoya. Uh, he said, our <laughs> prayers are with all those who've been affected by this hurricane. Hurricane. The church is actively working to help the people who are going through these difficult times through the established programs and our humanitarian aid allies. Church leaders in Mexico are currently evaluating relief efforts and how the church can be of best use in the area. All missionaries of the church volunteering in Acapulco were safe and accounted for. So um, there were 27 individuals that were killed. It was a Category 5, the most powerful to hit Mexico in the last 50 years. Um, more than 1.5 million members of the church call Mexico their home, according to church statistics. Um, and Acapulco is located in the southwest of Mexico City and has four stakes. So that so is that, that on the west side of the country or the east side? A very great question. That is you uh, start to tell me about what the next article is going to be about. I will tell you in a blurted out fashion which okay. part of the state it is in sounds good okay i've mm -hmm. got a fun article for you okay um i've heard you mention before do you like trash tv uh you know i like knowing about it it is okay. on the west side okay perfect the pacific side okay that's good to know all right so um this is from bravo tv so i bet okay. you know where i'm going with this with uh trash tv what real housewives of salt lake city fans should know about mormons and the lds church uh, this is amazing okay. this is just wonderful um so few things obviously it goes into the history of the church how did it become established joseph smith and they've got this really weird obscure picture and obviously i mean you'll link this article in the show notes but it's a mm -hmm. picture of joseph smith and the angel Moroni that I've never seen before. It's mm -hmm. uh, can you see it? It's mm -hmm. have you seen that before? Yeah. Okay, I've never seen this. He's like holding a pair of like really cool Oakley sunglasses and Urban Thumbum. Come I on, I know that. I know that. It's Oakley just... sponsored Urban Thumbum. Yes, exactly. Um, 
but yeah, so we've got the whole story, first vision, da 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 da, da um, goes into Mormon beliefs. Mormonism share many similarities with other areas of Christianity. Um, Mormons believe in the Bible, though they also believe that Joseph Smith uncovered another Christian scripture known as the Book of Mormon. Unlike other areas of Christianity, Mormons believe in modern day prophets um, or that there are people alive today who receive divine guidance and insights. So that's a pretty good, good little yeah, paragraph. I'm on board. This so one, far. Yeah, exactly. This one got me. They also go on missions. Both men and women can go. Mm -hmm. And afterwards can go through a confirmation process after choosing to officially join the church. Then they are allowed to wear the garment more about that below. And I was like, that's a short little paragraph with lots. That's wrong. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm like, I, uh, okay. So we go on missions and then go through a confirmation process and then get to wear the garment. So that's obviously, um, inaccurate yes goes Thank into for some the clarification i appreciate that yeah anytime anytime uh goes into some descriptions about the temple garment uh what are the mormon religion rules many mormons adhere to the word of wisdom mm -hmm. um abstaining from substances including coffee tea and tobacco there's also a lot of chastity that stands against adulterous behavior homosexuality and sex before and outside of marriage lds members um are expected to donate 10% of their income to the church in a practice called tithing. Now, here's one. Can Mormons drink alcohol? While you're not supposed to drink under the classic rules of, more, of the Mormon church, there are many reformed or non-practicing Mormons, sometimes called Jack Mormons, who do drink alcohol. Okay. 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 Can Mormons drink coffee? Much like the rules surrounding alcohol, coffee is typically frowned upon by Mormons. However, there are many that appreciate a good latte. Sure. And then... Accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then polygamy because of course, and then which housewives are Mormon. Lisa Barlow is the only practicing Mormon on real housewives of Salt Lake city, uh, having converted in her youth, Heather Gay, Whitney Rose and friend Monica Garcia used to be practicing Mormons, but have since left the church. Hmm. I, I would say on the whole, given where this article came from, it's pretty accurate. The inaccuracies are funny yeah. to me. <laughs> glaringly inaccurate glaringly inaccurate so uh that was just a fun little softball story um uh, kind of funny uh, yeah you, you know there there are a few like you should check this out stories so let me tell yeah. you a couple of these let's hear if, if you have not gone and watched and i know you probably have not because it's not a practice that you would do um but the music in the spoken word from October 22nd mm -hmm. is worth checking out. It's a half an hour of your time. I believe you can get it on YouTube. We'll put that link in the show notes. It is the Tabernacle Choir and Orchestra at Temple Square. It is Glee Clubs from Morehouse College and Spelman College, both from Atlanta, Georgia. And that is an incredible music in the spoken word. It's, I have heard so many good things about it. You, you just have to check it out. Uh, it was more than 400 voices, 60 singers from those uh, the historically black colleges, the orchestra at Temple Square, and they did it in the tabernacle, which is also super cool. So if you have not checked that out, definitely worth checking out. A very sad story, um, but one, you know, this was a couple weeks ago now, the passing of Sister Iring, yeah. her funeral, also available for you to stream. And you've never heard a sweeter dedication uh, to a woman before. 
uh, Kathleen Johnson Iring, wife of President Henry B. Iring, who's the second counselor in the First Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. She passed away on the 15th of October, surrounded by her family. And um, she attended a, a devotional where she met the young Harvard student, Henry Benyon Iring. He later said he was immediately impressed by her goodness and recalls thinking, if only I could be with her, I could be every good thing I ever wanted to be. They met the following week, began dating, and then were later married in the Logan Temple. Seeing that um, funeral service is is just a thing. And I know that this is sort of w- w- maybe weird, right? To drop in on on a, a funeral service a couple weeks after it's happened. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, these are individuals talking about their love and their relationships and all, all of these just tremendous things that if you, if you have the time, the bandwidth, maybe you're listening to us something and you're like, eh, I've had enough of that for now. Yeah. A great drop in to listen to. Obviously, the lighter one would be the um, music in the spoken word, but step into that, uh, the funeral service for Sister Irene. Pretty great. Definitely. Definitely. What do you got? Can I share something off of Twitter? Of course. Uh, is that allowed? Of okay. course. I, do we so, have to call it X, I suppose? Oh, yeah. I'm going to share something from X, the artist formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> um, so there's a woman that I was recently uh, found on mm-hmm. the X. Um, she's originally from Utah and has transplanted to Maine. And okay. She's a young women's president in her ward in Lewiston, mm. where there was recently a mass shooting. Oof. And she was at church for her youth activity when the shooting started and they had to lock down in the church with all of their young women during everything that was going on. And, um, she then said that she lives about 20 minutes away from the church. So she took all of the youth back to her home so that they could shelter in place there. It was her and her family, the young women, and then the Bishop and his family who were also at the church at the time, they all went to her house And she just talks about some really interesting um, things that have gone on that went on during this this shooting. She said that in Lewiston, um, many of the members live in the downtown area where the shooting happened. Mm -hmm. It's a refugee city that is rich, has a rich Somalian population. Um, as long as, as well as other African countries, um, her ward specifically has people from the Democratic Republic of Congo, Uganda, Angola, Brazil, Mexico, Bolivia, Montreal, and the Philippines. Um, just apparently Lewiston is just an amazingly welcome, welcoming community. All the missionaries were safe, you know, all of that great mm-hmm. stuff. And then she talks about the things that she learned from having to shelter in place um, during this horrific mass shooting. And I thought these were really, really good points. She said, Mm -hmm. number one, I wish that the adults in the room had monitored teen um, phone usage. Uh, The kids were checking in on their friends, but the misinformation was intense. We were getting reports from locals of multiple shooters at seven different locations. It definitely amped up the fear and anxiety. The second thing that she learned, I would have the teens check in with their parents first thing. I took their word for it that they had talked to their parents. It was only an hour in when I talked with parents that I found out that most had not texted their mom and dad. They were mostly texting friends. Number three, I am going to get various phone chargers and keep them in our young women room for emergencies. And I thought this one was genius because we live in a time where anything can happen and we rely so heavily on our cell phones that in an emergency, we constantly need to have 
phone chargers available. So having a variety of phone chargers available in the church for usage in an emergency, I think is like A+. Plus. Uh, she said stick to established news sources because all of the texts that were coming in were either incorrect or amped up. I heard um, you guys. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yep, exactly. Yep. yep. Um, she said it was wonderful to be with her community during this ordeal because uh, she then said my own teens appreciated being with their closest friends. The teens prayed together and comforted each other. I was impressed by their compassion and love. Um, their, their ward meets in the, they're the only ward that meets in this building. So they actually keep the kitchen stocked with snacks, uh, mm. for after church and stuff. So she said that that was huge because they didn't know how long they were going to be sheltered in place at this church building. So she said the peanut butter and fluff sandwich fixins were a blessing because many kids hadn't even eaten dinner before they came to their youth activity. And she then said she was so glad that she went grocery shopping before she went to her activity, because when everybody came to her house after that, they were fully stocked. They had everything that they needed for the kids and then um, the final thing that I thought was really neat, the bishop, my husband, and I are taking all of the youth on an impromptu trip to the Boston Temple this morning. We're grateful mm. for an invite from another ward in our stake. It's time for wow. healing. Wow. I just thought like her account of everything was really interesting and something that in these types of emergencies and these scary situations, we don't necessarily hear a perspective from a circumstance like this, you know, we hear about what happens in schools, but like, what if you're at church in the middle of sacrament meeting and something crazy happens and you have to shelter in place, or if you're at a youth activity, having some things in place for those kind of emergency situations is important. And I don't know that it's necessarily thought about. Yeah. Um, so that's, I don't know how you can post that in the show notes. Maybe I can send you. Sure. We can send the Twitter thread, but you can send me okay. the, like the link to her and we can be able to share that okay. for sure. Cool. You can embed it. Okay. Sounds great. Yeah. yeah. I can do that. Uh, yeah. Uh, just a quick aside about that. Uh, the fluff and peanut butter is fluffer nutter is what that's fluffer. called. So yeah. for those that, uh, us West coasters, that's what we yes. call it here on the West coast. <laughs> and it's also just like eating candy delicious you put it on bread and you're like no i'm having a sandwich this is legitimate and you're this like is it. you're eating delicious. candy this is this candy is between white bread um yeah yeah God, that story just the worst Absolutely. just the worst couple others as we kind of get in the waning moments of this whole thing uh we'll probably have another uh articles of news episode this week maybe an interview well i don't know we'll see we'll see how my health is get off my back uh, there was a power outage down at the uh, MTC, which I thought was interesting. There's a great picture you can find in association with this uh, article in the show notes where they were able to uh, subsequently teach about the light and the light of Christ and use it as a um, very, very symbolic moment of teaching and how, you know, just a singular light can shine and be able to illuminate the way for everyone else. Awesome. Uh, you know, teaching moment, it almost makes me wonder if someone did it on purpose. And now if every Somebody pulled know, the plug, <laughs> every transfer period, someone will shut down the big, you know, it's a it's a big one of those big <laughs> levers like you see in cartoons. And underneath yeah. it, it says object lesson. And we just pull it <laughs> and, you know, you're able to do that. So I thought down. that was interesting. Um, uh, this one I thought was interesting. Some people came at me. They thought I was being critical. I genuinely am curious. Um, the headline says Mormon Church donates almost $1 million to Second Harvest Expansion. Uh, one person took issue that the uh, 
the newspaper used the word Mormon as opposed to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, to which I would point out they have so many letters for a headline and yeah. the headline existent now uh, would have been the name of the church and nothing else. Right. So, y- yes, and we've asked and they should be considerate and all the things, but people that are like, I'm not reading because they didn't address us properly. Richie's hmm. going to be fine, everybody. He's fine. He's just going to cough, but he'll be back. Almost there. They missed the point. (laughs) That's what it's been like the last... Jeez. Ah, Excuse me. I can vamp. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's interesting because inevitably in an article like that, I think they're going to say the Mormon church... Formerly known, former, formally known as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You know, I think people are pretty respectful of including that in there in some capacity. Not everybody. Some people are not necessarily respectful of it, but they do their best and it's fine. Was but, that good vamping? Yeah, that was great. Okay, uh, uh, yeah, I ju- it just, that misses the point for me. But what I did ask that some people took issue about is that they donated $950,000 to the organization. Uh, now, here's the deal. It's not any sort of issue about that. This is, um, you know, they did, uh, you know, a, a semi-trucks of food, 181,000 pounds, blah, 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 you know, all of these things, right? Yeah. But the thing that I asked was, why not just throw in an extra 50 and make it a cool meal? Yeah. And 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 I genuinely I genuinely kind of wonder those questions when I see stuff like that, right? It's no yeah. shame. I think it's great. You know, yeah. a couple of years ago we would have never heard about a nine hundred fifty thousand dollar contribution, right? right? So it's not any sort of shade of that. That, but I just wonder, like, someone who obsesses about like numbers and the evenness mm-hmm. of things, I yeah. I go, why wouldn't you just be like, listen, we got fifty extra. Yeah, here's a million dollars. So I wonder. Or if it's like a tax thing or a, yeah. you know, whatever the thing may be. I just want to know why is it that and not something else? I wonder if it could be something like they went to the organization and said, how much do you need to do your thing? And they mm-hmm. were like 950000 yeah. And so the church was like, okay, I'll write the check for 950000 Could they include the fifty? Yeah. But well, maybe but, that's just but, what they asked for. But so at the point that I knew that, that would be what I would want to know, right? Oh, it's yeah. because that's all they needed. They didn't want to be greedy. They just needed nine fifty, not a million. Okay. Yeah, it's like uh, a few years ago. Um, his name escapes me right now, but there's a guy who listens uh, to the cultural hall. He's a uh, trucker, and okay. he, I believe, lifer or you know, uh, a convert with pioneer stock, meaning he's gone back and listened to all the episodes. Sure. Um, he mentioned that the reason why so many times the uh, church donates forty thousand pounds of food. Mm-hmm. is because that's how much you can fit in a semi-truck. And so when they say 40,000 pounds of food, you go, well, they donated a semi-truck full of food. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Why would it be 40,000 otherwise? I didn't know. Then I knew it was a semi-truck load. And so when you see 20,000 pounds, you go, oh, they gave that's my half, half, a semi- uh, yeah, yeah. half a semi-truck full of load of food. So I just wonder if there's things like that. So yeah. that's how my brain works uh, as far as that goes. And then uh, another story that I thought to be kind of interesting um, you know, you find me being sort of fascinated with the work and what's going on on the continent of Africa. There is a Nigerian yes. stake president who was named the eminent ambassador of peace by the United Nations organization. His name is President Jonah Akakiri. Uh, he's lauded for for peace building efforts in Nigeria. Um, he 
is an amazing individual. Uh, he got the uh, the award, the Peace Advocacy Award, uh, as a great honor. Uh, he'll represent his country and his university by participating in United Nations and other international conferences that focus on peace initiatives, peace building, the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, and climate change, all while being an amazing uh, stake president there in the country of Nigeria. Shout out to him. Uh, how many more do you have? Uh, I've got one more. Uh, if that's it, enough, I can is do Is it two. happy or is it, to give me the... Um, this is a, this is the Saints Who Sport adjacent. So I'll take Saints Who Sport adjacent and then I'll wrap out the last one. Cool. So go ahead. So Pat McAfee, the Pat McAfee show was in Utah this past weekend because, uh, they were in Utah this past weekend. Yeah, because it was Um, game day. It was game uh, day. University of Utah and, uh, the the Oregon. Oregon. It was a big national field in which we disappointed most every fan of the university of utah as we lost exactly exactly he also uh appeared courtside at the jazz game on saturday night with ryan smith and so famously a member of the church so that's fun but Mm -hmm. the the one that i want the thing that i wanted to talk about is that they were interviewing uh cam rising that's Mm -hmm. his name yeah quarterback quarterback. for the university of utah but isn't he injured yes so i don't think he's gone back and played yet but Right. He was a lot of the success of last year, but has been like, we're going to get him back all season yeah. long so far. Right, exactly. And so they brought up BYU in the in this uh, little snippet that they did, which then prompted all of the students who were in the background to start chanting FBYU. Mm. Not the letter F, mm-hmm. but like the whole full Monty word, FBYU, mm-hmm. FBYU. Um, they also, in fairness, they also did it towards Oregon and USC. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a good look, in my opinion, especially considering that um, the coach of Utah went to BYU. So maybe that's not a great look either. You I know, just don't think and it's a good look at all. I think it's a terrible and... look. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Can we just keep that out of it? You know, I mean, it's just it, it's a terrible look. Um The uh, quote, the University of Utah has clear expectations for all athletic fans, including students and visitors to campus to promote a positive environment that is respectful, safe, welcoming and family friendly chants that include profanity by spectators during an an ESPN broadcast today were disappointing and against the university's stated goal of Mm. creating a family friendly experience. While the ESPN broadcast area is not a ticketed athletic venue, the university is asking spectators visiting campus this weekend to respect and abide by the fan up guidelines. And that must just be a fan initiative to have better behavior, I would guess. Um, And there's a lot of people on the socials who are like, well, BYU does the same thing to Utah whenever they come down there. And like, I've been to a BYU-Utah game down at BYU and it wasn't that. It was a lot of trash talk, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. that. So I'm like, no, it, it doesn't happen down there. Um, so don't try to pass the buck. Like this was students behaving badly mm-hmm. and let's call it what it is. And it's, and like, it's okay to call it what it was, which was bad behavior, you know, and it, and it against BYU against Oregon against USC, like it doesn't matter. Just be respectful and, um, be a little bit better. Be a little, I mean, cause if you did, if you did something like that, for instance, at a jazz game, you'd be removed, yeah. you'd be out. You yeah. know, like it, it's, it's not at all acceptable behavior. So, um, 
yeah, just a, a kind of a, a, a disappointing thing to see happen. And as you said, they lost by 29 points. So yeah. and just know. in case people think we're throwing shade that way, BYU lost by the same amount. There you go. See? So we're both equally as so bad, everybody. Utah is not showing up on the football field. The state of Utah is just not showing up this weekend. And also it's sports. So let's maybe take ourselves a little less seriously. Uh, when you do go to a BYU Utah game, you'll hear Frick BYU. Yes. And the or uh, Fetch. Yeah, Fetch BYU. <laughs> or U <laughs> Sorry about that. And then the fan up document, uh, I actually found it online. Oh, yeah. yeah, the first thing in um the guidelines from the University of Utah to its spectators, number one says, watch your effing mouth. So that's what <laughs> That's uh, that's the fan up. Uh, but the one down at BYU says, watch your, your freaking mouth. mouth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last story, and then we'll put a bow on this thing and be done. This is cool because it's in my neighborhood. There is an Islamic center, literally, uh, what, half a mile from my house. It used to be an old LDS chapel. In fact, my dad, as a young, young boy, attended church there. Uh, the church sold it to the uh, Shiite Muslim community, and they recently uh, have turned it into a mosque and got a grant, a $250,000 boost to uh, preserve this Latter-day Saint chapel that's now turned into a mosque. Um, the deal is, though, the the cost for this particular building to be able to like renovate it, restore it, keep it intact, it is, it is a center point for this community in which I live is almost a million dollars. So they got this grant of $250,000. They've got some other money, but they still have to raise $400,000 to be able to do it. So I got that uh, news story in. I forwarded it to my stake president and said, what a great interfaith idea this yeah. could be. So we'll see. I don't know if anything will come of it, but uh, the pictures that. of it are super cool to see, you know, a couple of different faith traditions coming together symbolically in a building and you know it's just in my neighborhood so is that a place where you can go like i don't know what the rules are and the customs regarding mosques and places of worship within the muslim faith so right so could, like, could you place... drop in and be like i'd like to worship today like yeah you know, or like just a take Catholic a tour church? or sure. see what what it looks like. like tell me about tell me about it like you know because like we have our temple open houses and sure. that's a great opportunity for people sure. of other faiths to come in and see, oh, okay, this is what's happening. It's sure. not a weird place with goat sacrifices, you know? Yeah. Um, but I would love to be able to go to a, a mosque and see the beautiful architecture and the, sure. you know, how they live their faith. Is that the type of facility that this would be? Yeah. So interesting. You would walk in and go, this looks like an old chapel from the turn of the century. Got it. With decorations that are symbolic of the Islamic community. Okay. That's how you would see this building. But what I don't know is, uh, like, once they're mosques, do you have to, you know, how how do you engage that? I'll find out. I'll do that in the next that. couple of weeks. That would be I'll, really interesting. I have been told that the, the um, imam... Yeah, who is in charge? I want to say, geez, if I am incorrect, it is not. It is only because of ignorance. There is no sort of, yeah. you no know, any yeah. any shade or anything like that that I'm trying. But um, the person that would be in charge, I am told, is an amazingly kind and generous individual. So I would have no problem going up and being like, I'm this guy from down the street. Would love to know how this is engaged and what I could know about this. And yeah, I, can I have an that. idea. Okay. You should interview him for of the course. cultural hall. Of course. That would be an amazing interview. I 100% will. Let me meet him first. 
Yeah, that's fair. Correct. Perfect. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, Megan, I appreciate your time. I hope that this episode has nursed and strengthened your body. That if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, you'll be able to listen this, this uh, next week is when it is. Yeah. There it is. There it is. <laughs> and then when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row. Of. Of the, the cultural, cultural hall. hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat On the back row, we really gotta go On the Culture Hall Show